it was it was del- it was a delayed heyo. I my audio was not ready for the heyo. I heard it, but I couldn't partake. Top of the morning to you, Jeff. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Here at five thirty in you know in the Chip, evening. Chip, I I want to get right into it. Yeah. You are you are in South Philly. You I have, am. I am. You are a you are a a middle aged homeowner in South Philly with a wife career. Is it pretty crazy in South Philly nowadays with, uh, I guess you'd call Philly's fever? Uh, well, it's actually called COVID-19. It's oh, been around Jesus. for three years. It's, it's very serious. Oh, boy. Uh, but on top of that, if, yeah. I may, if I also may diagnose, there is, let's just say there are some temperatures being taken in this part of the city. Yes. It's, it's, it's great. It's not wild. I mean, I think it'll be wild. This is hopefully we're, we're at a mm-hmm. game, what, five tonight, I guess. And this could we could clinch it tonight, although it's not looking too great right now. But it's early. Oh, I didn't uh, even check the score, so don't yeah, tell me. It, I just walked. It was like second. It was the second. Uh, I was going to say period because we are talking talking hockey tonight. Hockey yeah. today, but uh, it was the second inning. You were down two nothing. So oh but, Jesus! Hey, whatever. Let's let's not let that put a damper on our show. They're going to come back. There's a lot of real estate to go, but uh, yeah. So I'm sure Broad Street, which is only two blocks from me, will get a little crazy. But it's just been fun. It's been nice because you know it's Jeff. Everybody's mm-hmm. everybody. All the houses are decked out for ho- all Hallows Eve, mm-hmm. and then people have their Phillies decorations, their Eagles decorations, and you. I can walk my dog. We can walk our dog at night, and we can hear home runs. If somebody hits a home run, Ugh. the uh, we can hear the stadium. It's great. You're how, saying how if there's you? if there's a Schwarbaum, if there is a Schwarbaum, is that what you're drinking? Schwarbaum, Schwarbaum. That's beautiful. You can what? hear it, and you just hear people go nuts. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, just you, you hear the. Uh, you hear the crowd roaring, and then you can hear. Actually, it's pretty funny. You can also hear commentary. So a lot of times I'll wear headphones when I'm walking my dog at night, but you can't do it during Philly season because you can hear everybody. Like first of all, everybody's TV is tuned to the game, and then you can hear their commentary from their <laughs> living room. And sometimes it's happy, and sometimes it's not happy, and it's pretty. It's nonetheless, it is always entertaining. That's uh, how, fun. Is in uh, has. Philly's fever reached lower Marion. Uh, yeah. Uh, everybody is, it's basically like, like kind of like it is in Philly. Like everybody's Philly hats on, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's walking their dog and every conversation with go Phils, go birds. Sure. sure. I think that's one of my favorite things to do. Like running now, when you run through, you know, I run in Philly all the time and I run yes. in, uh, the park as well. Like everybody has either who's hiking or walking or doing it. They all have like Philly's gear. And it's just, constant people going go birds go phils go birds go phils it's great great, right right? Mm -hmm. that's what i say to kelly like i i I actually i really like watching the eagles i really like watching the phillies um but when they win like this city is in such a good mood yes like it's so much better Mm -hmm. for everyone when they win just for the mental health and the emotional state of people because like i'm not devastated like some people are like we have friends who literally like i worry about after an eagle's loss oh yeah right absolutely i it the the i was never a a huge sports fan like i always liked the home teams never super into it. my friends were but i it was the year i think of 05 or whatever when we lost to the patriots in the super bowl it rocked some of my buddies for for months. Like for months, their lives could not. And I was, I still had to go to work the next day. Yeah. I, it, it, whether they won or lost, it didn't affect me. And that was the moment where I was like, "All right, I'm going to enjoy this, but I can't, I can't let it affect my life." No, no, no. It's true. There's just there's, there's a lot of other stuff, Chip, in life that's going on right now that can make you feel really bad. 
yeah that can really you know yes bring you down this podcast for example yeah definitely let's just yeah. call this uh not not fun times with chip and jeff just yeah. like in a funk you, miles yeah we should just we really should i just read another story about another true crime podcast getting like a tv deal oh <laughs> and i'm like God. it's just it seems so easy to do it because all you have to do is just find one murder that's either like super grisly or has some sort of sexiness to it yes and to just plan a 12 episode yeah um, a little arc a little arc have one of the hosts have a very ira glass matter of fact voice yeah you know not a lot of high not a lot of lows just very clipped and very like and then just Jeff, talk about is yes. that a foot is that a foot sticking out from under your couch let me see where, where's that? I, I I think we just I think we just got our first episode. Oh I'm my gonna, god! Yeah, there's a dead body. There's at, a de- uh, there's a dead body in Jeff's basement right now, guys. See, and then episode I was one. Yeah. Um. So maybe you know I'm not one following trends a lot, Chip, but maybe half of our episodes can be maybe just true crime, right? I think that's a great idea. I because I think honesty is always the best policy. I I don't know if I told you this, but I said that our neighborhood is all decked out for Halloween. You've, I'm sure you've seen these 12 foot skeletons that yeah, you can they're, purchase. They're great. They're great, right? And people, Are, they're very scary. They're they're very tall. Uh, people, th- my neighbors got those, and they were people were very afraid of it until they saw my skeleton that I put out, which was five foot four, the same height as the old lady down the block who went missing last week. Oh no! Yeah, so the 12 foot skeleton's <laughs> not as scary anymore. Oh my god, maybe maybe that's episode one. I think maybe. I just think we should do an in-depth dive on. Remember the uh, the friendly robot from Canada who came down? Oh, Hitchbot. Hitchbot. My just, wife is still shaken to the core by that. We should do just a whole a whole show on like interviewing the guy, mm-hmm. then like leading up all the great places little Hitchbot visited and found nothing but warmth and yep. and joy, and then and then we no one really knows who killed him, right? I don't believe so. No. But then again, people were saying, though, you know, he was sentient. And right? I mean, you've seen what AI is doing these days. Yeah, I know he hangs out at um, Friday still on City Line, you know, after a successful yep. uh, basketball yes. career. I was actually <laughs> talking about artificial intelligence, not oh, Alan okay. Iverson, Jeff. But I think artificial intelligence does hang out at TGF Fridays. Uh, may, but may, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's that thing, Jeff, where it's like, people like 50 60 years from now in like you know 2080 Mm -hmm. are like if you could travel back in time yeah would you go back and kill baby hitchbot (laughs) because like what if hitchbot like just is the head of a horrible regime in the next few years maybe that's what happened maybe yeah you're right maybe we're lucky maybe he led like he just came and was scouting the area and Mm -hmm. then next thing we know his whole family of, of bots came and destroyed Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. But you're right. And then someone said, what if I could go back? What if it was great, 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 great grand, well, three great grandsons, yeah, little, sure. little, little chip that the eighth chip chancher, the eighth is yeah. just like, you know what, man, I'm going to go do something about that. I'm a really smart guy. I got mm-hmm. a time machine. All right. This would be great. On, by the way. <laughs> Pretty good young chip. That is very good, Jeff. And then he uh and then he's like uh 
puts on his little like uh black crow's hoodie, mm-hmm. right? His little yeah. man lay cat. Yep. That he got from his great great grandfather that he loved. That he passes on. <laughs> passes on to generations. <laughs> and he, yeah, he gets in a little time machine that is that his um his cousin, who is his brother's great great grandson, very smart scientific kid. Yes. He built the mm-hmm. time machine, right? Yes. And then you guys, then you went, he went back in that and he killed Hitchbot. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. We got to get this. Uh, we got to get the this. opposite of ancestry. Is there like a, an op- what, what, do you, what do you call that? Oh, like right. Ancest- right. What do you call? De- de- like your descendants, your, an- your, oh, your ancestors yeah. and your descendants, like descendants. We should, we should do com. Oh. where like, you know, you find out it's like, oh, I'm 40% British and 10% mm-hmm. Irish and, you know, this percent German and like, this is my, grandfather came to ellis island on this date yeah what if we just you you send us your dna and we tell you where your family is going to be a few generations from now? yeah because it's the same amount of bullshit that's in the ancestry that would be going forward yeah you could just say like hey you're not gonna believe this but uh you know your whole family are just being doctors and lawyers and you all you all now live on a a mansion and a yacht yeah right yeah in in a beautiful part of the country and good for you yeah, every uh, uh, every yeah, week. Your, your 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 great great grandson <laughs> is uh, is wanted in in sixty seven states. And you're like, whoa! There's a lot I need to learn in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Basically, like, yeah, like AI could just basically take all the information that it finds about you and your family, yeah. puts it in this little database, extrapolates that, and saying, hey, th- like. Most likely, Jeff's great grandson is going to be doing time in San Quentin. Right, right. right? I did. Actually, that's not too far from the truth. I literally saw this yesterday. This is horrifying. That AI can predict if and when you and your wife will get divorced. Based like a, on just, I I don't know the exact. The you know, exact you know how I predict people are getting divorced. How's that? It's very simple. All of a sudden, out of the blue. Someone starts uh, posting, oh, my amazing husband did this. Or guys, you got to give it up for my amazing wife, who's just the best. When 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 couples start throwing out that amazing work, yeah. like yeah. in posts, you know, it's, you know, it's that's it's, it's on the way out. Or uh, a lesser version of that is if somebody starts using the word loyalty a lot in yeah. their Facebook posts. Yeah. Uh, the only I actually I do refer to my wife, Kelly, always as the amazing Kelly Andrews, because she's a magician. So, well, th- that is true. I, th- right. I mean, that's how I refer to her. That's how I said, oh, hello. The, one of the first times I met her was, hello, Kelly. And she's like, if you could please refer to me as the amazing Kelly. I was like, I am so sorry. It's- so you're saying like AI basically can just be like, all right, let me check out Jeff's Facebook posts. Let me check out Kelly's. <laughs> it's just like 2027, mm-hmm. living separate lives, right? Or it's like it- you see somebody and it's like, happy birthday to my beautiful daughter melinda and like you know she's like her 14th birthday and it's like only her and mom in the picture and you're like yeah. all right maybe see oh that's the sleuthing we should do maybe like that's the instead of like a true crime it's like a true divorce podcast where mm-hmm. somebody sends us okay listeners send us a couple that that you think something's <laughs> going on and then we do some internet sleuthing and find out what you know episode two oh the pictures from Disneyland have been erased from her profile. You, you know? know, we need to uh, obviously then to employ uh, internet creep extraordinaire George Passalis to uh, do, do some digging because no one 
no one no one digs deeper than than that guy right no no he doesn't he is my he's my number one sleuth that i would go to how fun is he on frigging uh do you watch saturday morning cartoons you know it's so funny i i need to get back into it i watched it religiously in like the last just like over the summer i got busy and i need to but it is such a great shout out to our friends the found footage festival which i should give a little plug uh jeffrey hey if you're interested i'm gonna plug this just to you and anybody else on i'm looking at the date thursday drum roll february not february i'm sorry thursday november 9th that's in like that's in like two or three weeks yeah thursday november 9th uh chip chantry will be opening for his buddies the found footage festival at Steel Stacks in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I'm the going. What, what night of the week is that? I gotta go. Thursday, Thursday, oh, November 9th. So Thursday's on one of my Thursday's one of my favorite nights to go out because Chip, just between you and me, mail it in Friday, right? You yes. mail it in Friday at yep. work. I'm going. Yep. Simple as that. I've I haven't seen one of their live shows, and it's always uh, been on oh, my you've bucket never, list. Oh, no. you have to. And, and I know you love Steel Sacks. Have, have you ever been up there before? No, but you you've oh. mentioned it many times on the on the podcast how much you like the people there, yep. how much you like play in there, and mm. uh, oh, that'll be a ball. It's it's great. Maybe we can even uh, carpool, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. So it's Let's... it's a great and yeah. If if you can, I know you, you, have, a, you have a working uh, life, but if maybe get up there just a little bit early, you can walk around the, the campus, if you will. The yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the beautiful Arts Quest Center. If we can do a plug in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the former Bethlehem Steel Steel Stacks, and it's now a amazing performing arts center, and it's a it's a lot of fun. So if you're ever in the Lehigh Valley, check it out. But yeah, the Thursday, November 9th, Found Footage Festival with special guest me, Chip Chantry. Oh, fantastic! That's a very special guest for them. Yeah. To, that's a good get for Found Footage. Mm-hmm. Right? I think so. My personally, me, yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, and definitely shout out, you know, the show, obviously VCR party, but. Yeah. And by the uh, way, do you want to know the inner workings of like kind of Hollywood inside information, like how that came to be that I, I am opening for them and how yeah, yeah. brands. You guys merged. worked on a show together. Didn't you? Well, write? Yeah, we worked on a, sh- on a TV show together a number of years ago. We've become friends, but this specific date, yeah. just to give, I know, I, th- I guess the actors are still on strike. I don't want to give too much Hollywood inside information about, but how agents work and all that. But the way I do it is um, I texted them and said, hey, I saw you're in Bethlehem. I think I'm going to come hang out. And they're like, oh, yeah, that'll be fun. And then like a few minutes later, they're like, oh, why don't you just open for us? And I was like, all right, OK. And then that's that's the text. Ladies and gentlemen, the inner machinations, the, the, the back and forth of agents and managers. Yep. This is what goes on when you put an amazing show together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's uh that's a good behind the scenes. That should be like uh I'll probably read about that tomorrow on uh what's a Hollywood website like uh, Variety Variety you Deadline. I get I read the trades like Deadline yeah. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's exciting. I'm very excited because you know I don't get to go out that much, Chip. And uh, there we go. Would be good to, to to get out there and do some yes. stuff. Yeah. It's funny because you know we're all we're phillied up, we're eagled up, eagled up. We're, um, baseball, football. But tonight, Chip, I don't know about you, but You'd be hard pressed to find someone who knows less about hockey than this guy right here. <laughs> That's why I chose to do this podcast with you. I was like, who's somebody who doesn't know anything about ice hockey? And I think it's cool because I think maybe the crux of Dave's new book, our, our mm-hmm. guest coming on, just going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give you his name when he comes on. It's more exciting that way, but he's written a book about hockey. And it's, it's one of those things, like I've known this guy for many years and I never really knew how much he loved 
this sport. And it was kind of surprising to see all of a sudden he comes out and he's like, you know, I have a new yeah. book and it's yeah. this. Yes. That's pretty crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to have a lot to talk to him about. We have a movie that's, uh, that was quite a movie. Quite a movie. Right? Quite a movie. Have you, have you seen it before, Joe? I saw it when I was a kid and I think I liked it a lot because of all the cursing and it was fun sure. to hear cursing and it was mm -hmm. fun to see those those hockey players beat up everybody. But boy, was there not, there was a lot that was not fun about it. <laughs> yeah. so, a little problematic, my goodness. Boy, oh boy. The 70s are really depressing. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, everything was just sort of uh, tan colored and cold yes. and, and sad and well, speaking hair, of hairy, Chip, very hairy. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna admit this guy right now. I'm very oh, excited, wow. Chip. Very excited. Let's see. We're, oh my God, he's connecting to audio. It's always exciting when they connect to audio, Chip. Yeah, but more exciting, when, yeah, when they connect to video and you get to see uh, just next. who they are. It's like a surprise that. It's what makes it all worthwhile. Oh, there he is. Oh my God, he looks better. He looks better than ever. Better and better every day. Hey, how's it going? Good. Can you hear us? Oh. Uh, yeah, I can totally hear you. Can you hear me? Totally. Yep. You sound great. You look great. What? Um, oh. First of all, what sweater are we wearing? What team? I'm wearing uh, the Kenya Ice Lions nice. today. Uh, I did a, a TV interview with uh, a Canadian television. All my, all my Canadian TV interviews that were via Zoom, I did... Uh, with jersey on and then the in-person ones i did i dressed like a gentleman you know mix it up well you're you're known for your sartorial splendor your great style so is it hard for you to like dress down for things like you like to really put on the nines when you're when you're out and about correct i do it's more fun i mean yeah. but you know i'm also a man of the people I, I general my, my general rule is in my own home or before noon I'm willing to uh dress like just some guy. Yeah. But uh or in my neighborhood. If I'm if I'm just like running errands, like I went to the post office a little bit ago and I was I just wore uh just wearing nice pants, but then I had a, I was just looking like a hobo basically. <laughs> I look like like I just threw on whatever clothes were around. Yeah. But like the average uh, guy our age would wear, look like yeah. you know hobos going out. But that's not you. No, no. I just think you know it's more fun. Yeah. To uh. To the dress the post office little. in my neighborhood is actually it's it's a semi formal attire, black tie optional. Wow. You, you have to you I, have to dress up to just to enter the post office. To if you want to mail something, a package or something, they do. There's a a little velvet rope and there there is a bouncer outside i don't i mean it's a government work and i mean he seems to be doing a good job but he does check to make sure we are not we're wearing hard shoes we're not <laughs> wearing a baseball cap of any kind and in order for us to get into the u.s post office and, as yeah, well I, he should i do respect it yeah i think just in general if if there, if i had to you know mandate i would say make people dress up as opposed to uh you know, I don't think anyone should wear sweatpants yeah. on a plane, for example. I think that should be illegal. But but, but flip-flops are fine, of course. <laughs> I don't think anyone should own flip-flops. Like, <laughs> period. I just really get worried. I, I live in South Philly, and it, it is definitely a look in this neighborhood. I never do it, but 
to wear the flip-flops, like the, I think they call them slips. Slides. Sl- slides. Slides. Slides with, with socks. White, white socks. Yeah, with white socks and, and, you know, mesh shorts. And I just always, I would never do that, A, because it doesn't look good, but what if there was ever climbing I had to do or running for some, like if there was some sort of Cloverfield oh, yeah. monster or something. Sort of, <laughs> you know, some sort of threat that I needed to do, and then all of a sudden I'm in flip-flops and socks. I, oh, I think it. it's horrible. I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even wear that in my own home. No, no. Just out of respect for myself. Like mm-hmm. when I see people wearing those like mesh shorts, like those big basketball shorts, mm-hmm. I think that is, uh, it's just like someone who's fully just given up. I right. wish they were longer, the shorts. Yes. Yeah. I don't my need do- to see. My daughter, shins. when she sees guys walking like her at the shore, she's like, check out those longs. She calls them longs. <laughs> longs. It's like her. Yeah, it's a bad look, but it's uh, it's a look that will never ever go away, especially no. in our, our beloved area. Yeah, no. nothing you can do about it. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I, I have to, you know, we jump right in because Dave, we love talking to you, and it's so easy to talk to you. I'm gonna be honest, Dave. Some of our guests, it's like pulling pulling teeth. Zeros. Really? Yeah, yeah. Big so, bunches. Name yeah. names. They'll, no. they'll come out. We'll, they'll come out soon. Um, ladies and gentlemen, of course. Our guest, comedian, author, Insane Shredder, and author of a new book, The Awesome Game, One Man's Incredible Globe-Crushing Hockey Odyssey, comes out in the United States October 24th, which is tomorrow. So this is book release eve for the one and only Mr. Dave Hill. Dave Hill, thanks for joining us. Totally. Thanks for having me. Dave, what are you doing for the big day tomorrow? Do you have uh, special plans? Is there... I think, uh, you know... I had hoped to have a, a book event. That would have been the way to play it. Sure. Uh, do a book event on the day of release in the United States. But due to a variety of circumstances, the uh, book release will be next week, November 1st at Powerhouse Arena in Brooklyn. And uh, I think tomorrow, I'm, I mean, I'm doing a few radio and podcasty things, but uh I think I'm just going to go get dinner with my lady. Nice. And, uh, Very nice. Good celebration meal. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we'll we'll just... Uh, will you sign yeah. a copy of your book for her? I will, and I'll be like, who should I make this out to? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think... Uh, we're, I'm hoping that we go to my friend's restaurant, and I'll sign a copy and give it to him, because he's a big hockey fan. What, uh, he doesn't what... know we're coming yet. Oh. I haven't asked him. I should I should text him, see if I can we can get in. What cuisine are we talking about, Dave? What's uh, what would be a celebratory cuisine for you? It's French. Oh, my friend has a couple excellent French restaurants here in New York, and they're among my fave, tied for favorite restaurants in New York. Yeah, that sounds good. Tied with each other, basically, and maybe one or two others. Now, yeah. now there's there's French cuisine, there's Italian, there's there's Chinese, there's Thai, etc. Uh, if you were to open a an ice hockey cuisine restaurant, what what's what's on the menu? What 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 do you what are we going in to eat? It's ice ice hockey cuisine. Oh, that's it. Well, I guess it. You know, you know, from Canada, you'd go some poutine. Sure. Uh, if you could do it right in America, which it really no one ever does. In right. America. I've never had poutine in America that I thought was good. Yeah. But uh, that I'd get the Caesar, the Canadian Bloody Mary, the Bloody which Mary is with it, yep. clamato. Mm-hmm. 
I believe it to be a superior beverage. Uh, then maybe I would, uh, maybe, uh, I was in Finland and I saw some games there and they had a really nice wine bar, which I was like, you know, didn't think that I'd want to enjoy a nice glass of wine at the hockey game, but, uh, but I was enjoying it. This is the thing I learned in my travels. Everywhere, well, everywhere has different, the, in, in Finland, I went to three pro games in Finland and they don't let you drink alcohol in the game itself. You can only drink in between periods, which is why it was kind of nice to just have a glass of wine. I don't think I'd want to sit in the arena with a glass of wine. No. So That's just between periods, but... you would go out into the the concourse or whatever, just have a glass and then come back? Yeah, they had yeah. like a nice, uh, very civilized, they give you an actual glass, which is nothing that would never happen at an no. arena in no. America. But the Finnish are, I believe, to be superior to us sure. Americans and just their uh, comportment. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, it was a good time. That would probably, you know, that probably go over pretty well in like a lot of the uh, stadiums, Philadelphia, Cleveland. You know, some of you more blue collar just saying like, guys, could you just hold off on drinking maybe in between innings and just, you know, just chill out during the, during the game. I think that'd yeah. work, right? feel obligated to tell this story uh, since you guys are in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Last night I was walking my dog and there was a gentleman uh, walking outside of my apartment. He seemed uh, confused. I don't know what was going on with his mental state, but he he was asking me if I thought the neighbor, my neighborhood was safe. And I live in the West Village of Manhattan. As New York goes, I don't think it gets really much safer. But he was like, am I, you know, he's like, I hear screaming. Like, I'm like, and like no, that's a Philadelphia bar. And the <laughs> Eagles are playing. And all those people are screaming are Philadelphians or, Phil, or Eagles fans. I live like a block away from this Philly bar. So sorry, are, Dave. That's yeah, horrible. That's our Jesus. Yeah. It is. I mean, I love Philadelphia. Uh, my sister lives there. You guys live there. I've had mm -hmm. many lovely times in Philadelphia. I've even thought, who knows, maybe I will one day live in Philadelphia. Sure. I'm, I'm open to it. But every single time I walk by the Philadelphia bar in my neighborhood, <laughs> I think, why don't these fucking people just move to Philly? Get what are they doing? <laughs> Cause I'm like, why are you screaming at this stupid bar that has bad food and bad beer? Oh. I want it to be good because it's right by my house, so I would be prefer it to be good. But uh I've went there like a couple times and uh my brother comes into the city for jazz concerts at Village Vanguard, which is right across the street from my apartment, also close to this Philadelphia bar. <laughs> and he and his buddy, who is from Switzerland, we went, they will get food before they go to their concert, their jazz cat concert. And we went to the Philly bar a couple times. And after the second time, he said, we can't ever come back here again. And he said it like in a Swiss accent. <laughs> just so matter of fact, like the Swiss just... Um, yeah, he was just like, we can't come back yeah, here. No, just please. it's no, please. <laughs> that I had a question already for you, Dave, and it's very similar to this. 
being a fan of hockey, and we're going to get into this, um, and you know, not a lot of people are, right? So do you have specific yeah. bars you can go to in New York if you want to watch? Well, who's your team? Rangers? Like, who do you root for in New York? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the Rangers. Just I'm more a lover of the game, as they right. say. But, I, mm-hmm. you know, since I live here, I, I Rangers, I would, I prefer they succeed at the game mm-hmm. of hockey. Mm-hmm. But, and this is blasphemous, but like, you know, if I turn the TV on and Flyers are playing virtually anyone in New York, I'd probably root for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I like a big fan, you know, because Flyers, like watching Flyers games, like growing up in the 80s, that was like, uh, you know, peak from, you know, that that was like an excellent era, 70s and 80s for the Flyers. So, I mean, watching them and the Rangers on cable was always awesome. So I, I dig these, you know, yeah, like Flyers, but I don't know. I like Montreal. I was Montreal was playing the Flyers. I'd probably lean Montreal. But aren't most the- bars like you'd go to hang out in, like, you know, mostly hockey season coincides with the NBA. You get a little football. They're not going to turn off like a Knicks game for a hockey right. game, right? This is actually a big thing in my book what exactly what you're describing oh, okay. is that yeah when you go to yeah like any sports bar which i wouldn't normally go to a sports bar in general in life but if i were to be like hey i'm gonna go watch a hockey game that's pretty much what you got to do but yeah they might if they have six tvs on maybe <laughs> one of them would have hockey but but yeah like it's not i don't think in in new york sadly like i've 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 walked into like the neighborhood bar that has like two tvs like one of the few places i would hang out in regularly and they're i'm like can you turn the rangers game on it's the playoffs and they're just like what it would be like that it was like i asked them to put on like the westminster dog show or something (laughs) which they probably would have had that on instead of instead of hockey yeah yeah it's just not there's like there's a place called the canuck not far from me in chelsea they have hockey because they're a canada-centric establishment mm-hmm. there's another place but uh pretty much unless you have at least six tvs yeah there's no hockey you have to beg and then i have to know like someone at the at the i have to be a respected customer yeah have that kind of sway well, I want to give your, uh, I just want to tell people again, it's the awesome game. One man's incredible globe crushing hockey odyssey. Basically in a nutshell, in his latest opus, Dave, who is you, you're from Cleveland. That's me. Cleveland That's hasn't great. had an NHL team since 1978. Dave tackles this hockey conundrum with full force drilling down in what makes hockey so damn important in so many parts of the world, despite the average American not recognizing the sports preeminent greatness. Dave, you have traveled across the globe, Poland to LA to Kenya to find out where people will actually embrace a sport where the average American will not, correct? Yes, yes. This and what did you find, Dave? I found that if you really, well, some places like Finland and Canada, it's the number one sport. I think it's also the number one sport in Russia, which mm-hmm. You know, prior to uh, the invasion of the Ukraine, I would have uh, 
hoped to go there for this book, but that had already happened. So sure. I couldn't, and I, I, I probably would never will, I think at this point. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd say Finland, huge there. Poland, though, where it's not the number one sport or anything, the fans there were the craziest people like not even just hockey fans but may not even sports fans just craziest people like <laughs> they were so fired up it was and but just like just about life in general no well with regard sports to, with regard to hockey they oh, were, okay i mean they were i ended up going there i'd been to poland before but i went there because my sister-in-law's cousin's son al rogers is playing pro over there so i went over there to see him play and then he he plays for two teams in the same city it would be like playing for the yankees and the mets at the in the same time being really sort of insane but the way it, he ended up doing it is because one of the team they had two teams at the top level like pro polish hockey league like their NHL, but then one of them got relegated. So he got like a two-way deal where he was starting for the relegated team and he was like third goalie for the top level team. So he's on both teams. And he told me this story of like, when he first got to town, he was at a bus stop, like going to practice, waiting to go to practice. And he had the logo of the one team on his jersey and a bunch of guys wearing the logo for the other team walked up to him and spit on his logo. <laughs> and he said, like, it's that the rivalry in, in the town is so intense that the fans fight each other slightly less. So I guess now that they're not even in the same league, but, um, and then we went to, uh, we went to lunch and we were walking out and like the fans, the other teams, was playing the team that he's on like at he's technically on the team those fans are like marching around uh like at noon even though the game's like at seven or eight or whatever they're just like marching around just like like looking for trouble like hooligans like classic yeah, yeah they're british from, they they even call themselves hooligans oh it's nice it's and, nice when a culture can leave one country and be embraced by another country with their own, you know, their own special brand of, of that. Yeah. It's insane. So, uh, we were walking on the street and this guy in like the gear for the other team just threw his shoulder in the L's just like looking to fight. <laughs> and like, so, and that was just like, at lunchtime <laughs> at, at, at the actual game. <laughs> I walked up to the arena by myself and like all the people are like outside the arena, like huddles smoking and they kind of turn around and look at me like, like sizing me up. Like I thought they wanted to fight and I was wondering if I was imagining it, but then I, I later hung out with players from the team and I was telling them this, they're like, Oh yeah, they were totally deciding whether they wanted to kick your ass. <laughs> And for whatever reason, maybe they thought they didn't view me as a threat, or maybe they thought we can't take that guy. That's probably the yeah, latter, I believe. I right? Saying. Yeah, uh, they uh. they left me alone. But I, I and then I went in the arena, and there's two sides. Uh, one side is the hooligans, and then there's another side that's like 
mothers nursing babies <laughs> and like old men and stuff and the ushers just saw me and they're like we're gonna put you in the uh the nursing section for your own safety score but uh it was an amazing time i saw three games while i was there and i i swear after one game i was almost in tears because i couldn't believe like that i had the capacity for joy to like wow. to experience a sporting event even a sport i love and just i was so just into it and also also i can't recommend this enough i wouldn't say rush to i don't know if you guys been to poland no i haven't i mean i wouldn't say rush there like mm -hmm. but if you're in the neighborhood like if you're you know in central like i'm in let's say i'm in latvia with the family sure pop in yeah mm -hmm. absolutely pop over pop, to the pop over to poland it's a great it's a amazing country it's beautiful and it's really cheap like i the, the first pro game i went to i was kind of fishing for like free tickets from you know my sister-in-law's relative al and he's like don't just go buy the ticket you'll see and uh <laughs> i i get there and this is like their nhl ticket was like four the equivalent of four dollars to go and then i got three beers and three bottled waters at the game my total expenses for a a, a, a pro game was like 17 dollars. <laughs> like that would have cost me like 200 dollars yeah. like minimum yeah. Yeah. probably like it would have been like 400 dollars to do that if i went up the street to a rangers game and had all that and the quality of the hockey was good. Yeah, I mean, I think the PHL, Polish Hockey League, but in Polish, um, mm -hmm. I think maybe it's like the number. It's in the top four or five leagues. You know, there'll be NHL, then KHL, the Continental Hockey League, which is mostly. Well, I guess it's all Russian teams because all there's a, a few non-russian teams and i think they all pulled out of the league uh because of you know russia's nonsense and uh and then i think finland finished league after that and then then maybe poland or close anyway all by way of saying yes chip question well was that your favorite game you were like just experience wise you were at as you as you did your traveling or was there another one that really stuck out it might have been I mean, the games in Finland were not as crazy, but they were really fun. Mm -hmm. And there's this team, the Tampere Ilves, in Tampere, which is a city like an hour and a half north of Helsinki. And I wound up going there be partially because their jersey's amazing. <laughs> it, it's got this, and Ilves is a lynx. Mm -hmm. And it look, their logo looks like it was drawn by a child. Like it, it, it's not, you know, most sports logos are like really slick. Yep. Com you know, this, it just looks crazy. Like, it just looks like a kid just like, ah, here you go. And they were, they, they were like, all right, we'll go with that. And it's <laughs> in, I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah. So this Jersey's so badass. You should, I mean, look it up online. And so I wanted to, you know, I tried to buy this Jersey online, but anything on the, team's web store or whatever if it's a keychain or whatever you ordered was like 75 dollars shipping no matter what 
So I was like, there's no way I'm paying $75 for like, for a Jersey plus, you know, so I was like, I'll show them. I'm just going to go. I'm yeah, just, just go, go there. Yeah, just oh go yeah. There. So, That's the wise choice. Like, financially being a good consumer yeah. yeah i mean i you know i maybe it might have cost me a thousand dollars extra at least to do it that way but um save on shipping them. yeah yeah oh hell yeah, yeah Dave, what so... what as as americans like chip and i we're not we're not hockey guys and it's probably no fault of our own i think it's more of like you know where you grew up i had friends who played hockey only when the lake froze and there was no rinks within probably 40 minutes. So hockey wasn't a thing, even though now probably the number one sport with guys my age who I grew up with are, they're all hockey fans now, like insane devils fans, insane ranger fans. Um, and chip, you're, you're not a hockey. I enjoy it. Like I, I'm more of a casual fan. Like yeah. I, yeah, but I, I think you're, you're somebody who just like, wasn't into it. Like I really loved it. Growing up, my brother and I tried to play growing up. It was so expensive around here. So we just didn't have the the money for all the equipment and the ice ties, you know, so I sort of fell fell off. But uh, but yeah, I'm definitely more of a casual fan nowadays, especially so yeah. with the Flyers, the way they're doing. So Dave, like what is like what's the elevator pitch that you could say to someone to be like, Oh, you don't you don't watch hockey? Well, you should because as succinctly, I mean, I know we're all gonna read the book and there's and by the end of the book we're gonna be sold, but can you at least give someone like an entree into why. I think on a simple level, it has like all the action. It has like the brutality of like football, mm -hmm. you know, but then it has the finesse and precision yeah. of, of, you know, like tennis and baseball. And it just has this, you know, has the speed of soccer and lacrosse. Not, not that there's a lot of lacrosse is even less popular than hockey. We can just, um, we can all say, uh, count of three, lacrosse sucks, lacrosse right? Sucks. Just lacrosse sucks. Uh, it, it can yeah. fuck off. It yeah, can really just off. eat eat a bag of lacrosse yeah, sticks. Lacrosse sticks. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but I think it's just every everything, at uh, like that movie, everything all at once, or whatever. whatever that movie you know yep everything um, everywhere all at once yes um it it's a metaphor for life itself i think it's chaos and precision and you know persistence and chance and uh for, for my money the yeah, playoff playoff hockey is there's no better playoff in, in any sport than hockey yeah, I mean, it's like it's whole. It's like a whole other season. They just yeah. Step it lasts it up. three months the playoffs, so it's yeah. you know yeah. you know it's good. If it if it yeah. lasts that long, you know it's good. Yeah, I think that's what I love about hockey. It starts, I don't know, early October ends maybe July. You know, mm -hmm. just hardly ever not hockey season. Yeah, yeah, you only have to really wait a little while before you can start hockeying it up again. Um, I think and we're going to get to this soon. The uh, maybe the crux of this show. But I was really excited when I first saw the hockey action in this movie, Slapshot, where I thought they filmed it really well. And like when they just showed Michael Antikin, like just skating, like you said, Dave, the finesse and like the first time he passed it to another guy. And it was just like a thing of beauty, like the filming of it and actually, you know, the physical ability of these guys. And I'm like, I don't. I remember, you know, growing up, I saw Slapshot all the time when I was a kid, and it was just we we were happy because of all the cursing and the fighting. 
but I do nothing. I didn't pay attention to anything else. So when I saw the, am I wrong? But the hockey action in the movie is good. Slapshot. Yeah, I think it's surprisingly good. Like I, I just saw some scene. I haven't watched it in maybe a couple years. I guess I watched it most recently, like during the pandemic at some point. But yeah, it's like. Uh, I mean, that's sort of one of the things about it is like, I mean, just the skating alone, like it's the, it's the only sport where you have to learn a whole new mode of transport, like in yeah. terms of, <laughs> you know, you know, you're not walking or running, you're, you have to learn this. It's the hardest sport you have to, to get really good at skating is like that in itself is like, that's years of work right there. And then you have to do all this other stuff. Right, because that's not the most important. That's the ancillary part is being an amazing skater. The The yeah. main part is then being able to use a stick and score with it and blah, blah, blah. Where other sports, it's just like, yeah, any idiot can run, right? And any that's what they're idiot. doing. I was, just, I was just running earlier. Running, like, yeah. li- like anyone who brags about running or talks about running a lot, anyone can do it. Yep. It's, it's literally hit a hornet's nest, mm-hmm. right? You're start not running away from that just yeah. you just start running exactly. but dave as a young as a young dave hill you're sure. in cleveland you don't have a professional hockey team there's no. every other sport around you too and, and, and all, by the way I, who, who was your team growing up yeah well, I, I know question. you mentioned the rangers and the flyers was that did you have a did you have a team growing up i was mostly into you know because in the 80s you know would have been like prime gretzky mm-hmm. time and with the oilers so I was super into the Oilers, you know, I, I mean, it's pretty easy. Like I just picked two great, you know, I was into the Oilers and I was into the Islanders cause my cousins lived on Long Island. So I was like, well, that's my cousin's team. I'll like them too. So Clark Gillies, Clark Gillies, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan's <laughs> own the late Clark Gillies. So if, yeah. I know Dave, one of your things you like to do is know the hometowns of hockey players, correct? Like you're good at that. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. I just, I mean, I threw out Clark Gillies and you knew I said you, you just proved your, uh, your worth there. Yeah. So. Bobby Clark from the flyers was from Flin Flon, Manitoba. <laughs> now you're making up words, Dave. You're Wait, just making I, up. Silly I know, words. But... Dave, are you doing okay? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm stoking out a little are bit. You, are you okay. 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 I actually went to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan for my last book, Parking the Moose, which was about Canada. I went to Moose Jaw entirely because I had heard of it because of Clark Gillies and because it just sounded so idyllic, like Moose Jaw, like it just sounded like some sort of paradise. And I had to, I had to be, see it. And um, in its own way, it was a paradise in its own way. In its own spec, yeah, spec. And you went to Canada. Basically, the the gist of your last book mm-hmm. was d- discovering your Canadian heritage. Yeah, my grandfather was from Clinton, Ontario. So, and growing up, you know, in you know, as you know, in America, and school, and in our, in our schools, in our, our homes and streets, we're constantly, you know, taught that America is the greatest. Mm-hmm. country which you know i would argue it's led to some problems in recent years <laughs> uh, yeah maybe. um <laughs> debatable uh, but you know throughout history but i think especially in the last seven years eight years yeah but yeah. uh and my grandfather being from canada always t- 
taught me and my siblings that Canada was the best country. So I grew up always thinking like, no, Canada is the best. <laughs> like, and you're uh, the one kid in your Cleveland little Catholic school and you're, they're pledging allegiance and you're whispering to your buddy. It's fine, but Canada is so much better. I truly like, I was <laughs> like, I was, cause you know, he's the patriarch or whatever. So yeah. You gotta listen like, to yeah. him. Yeah. I was like, he, he wouldn't lie to me, even <laughs> though, you know, no, no, ignore the fact that he hasn't lived in Canada since his twenties, but, um, you know, he always said that. So I, I believed it as a kid. And so my last book, I was just like, Oh, like what somehow, despite him saying this and despite my fascination with all of these weird Canadian towns, I've only been to Toronto in Montreal so I wanted to see see the rest of it and I saw I didn't I saw more the funny thing about Canada like Americans at least most Americans I've encountered have been to like a fair amount of places in America oh yeah totally but Canadians most of them have only been to like a couple places like unless they're like in a band or something like <laughs> they've only like most people I talk to have never been, you know, to Saskatchewan or Alberta or, you know, I, I've been almost everywhere, few places I missed, but mo- I would say way more than the average Canadian. I've so people in Toronto there. are like, why the hell are you going there, Dave? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I love it. I mean, I was just in Calgary for three days, had a blast and I was in Toronto for like five days super good times you know and you don't have to sell them on hockey right it's just no i mean that's what i really like one of the many things i like about canada um is that if you if there's a sporting event on television it's gonna be hockey like you don't you would never walk in somewhere and they have everything but hockey on it's funny. That what the, are the other sports up there? I mean, I guess there's Canadian League football, right? I guess. Yeah, there's CFL. There's they have the Raptors in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They have. Uh, well, know, their their national their national pastime is, for some reason, lacrosse. Is okay. it? It is. It's the dumbest. Oh, it's a trivial. Yeah, it's a trivial pursuit answer. Check it no, out. No, hockey is yeah. bigger. Hockey well, bigger than. If tradi- no, but it says it's national. Like, Chip, type in. Canada's national sport. Oh, you mean like, like yeah, in the like, way that you know, like, like New Jersey's net, New Jersey bird is the golden finch. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's possible. Oh, I have, I have breaking news. breaking news. I, Dave. I have breaking news. Uh, this is according to what uh, Canada has. This is an update. Oh, thank God. Canada has two national sports. Yeah, lacrosse was the official yeah. sport of Canada from 1859 to 1994. Yeah. And then in 1994, Bill C-121 made Thank hockey you. the official Canadian winter sport, and lacrosse became Canada's official summer sport. You know oh, what? Okay. I said it before. Fuck lacrosse. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Rich, rich kid sport. Yes, it is. Rich kid sport, right? Dave, when the thing about playing hockey for a young kid, man, just hauling around gear and trying to get ice time, like the two things that are just not conducive to like – just getting up and going to play a sport. I think, yeah. And that's part of the reason among the reasons the sport suffers, especially in America, but no, it was, 
brute like <laughs> growing up it was i played i would have to get up early you know on set you know on the weekend and go play sometime played on a weeknight but then in high school i had to get up three days a week at like four four thirty in the morning and practice before school yeah and then be weirdly I, I was weirdly good at hockey you know relatively speaking and i was one of three freshmen on the varsity team my freshman year like and the rest so i weighed like 100 pounds and i was playing with all these giant juniors and, and seniors yeah. who shaved yeah. <laughs> you know and we would practice at like six in the morning and there'd be like hazing you'd get like kind of beaten up a little bit and so all of this would happen before first period three days a week i'd be like uh, i played hockey that was hard enough but then i got my ass kicked like in the locker room mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like and you're like, I'm looking forward to a chemistry class. Just a nice, quiet, non, yeah, non beat upable scenario. <laughs> yeah, it was really like uh, um, mixing like one of my favorite things with like a lot of unpleasant experiences. <laughs> oh man, that's hysterical. Um, yeah, but you persevered. I just know, like, my roommate in college played hockey, and a great guy. And you know, it was like. You guys, you don't have to come to my games. No one comes to my games. And it was like just him getting ice time, having to get up at this. But the one best thing, Dave, about it was my friend Dominic, Dominic Salvatore Favieri III, Italian sure. hockey player, mm-hmm. typical Italian hockey player. You know, the giant chip, they have a giant equipment bags. Oh, so, crazy. like, yes. you, have to, you know, my, uh, yeah. I, I should say my. My brother started playing as an adult, and he also coaches my nephew's team, who my nephew's in. He's a sophomore now, and he plays. So, like, I've gotten kind of into it in the back end, too. So, yeah, they're just gigantic. Uh, so the benefit of the bag is Dominic would come after a game, bring his bag in. So at the dorm, the guy would always be like, Dominic. So, and Dominic was huge. He was just this giant muscle man guy. He would put a quarter keg in his bag. Oh, yeah. Put a couple things in. You know, that's only, like, 75 pounds. And he just sure. put it over his shoulder and just walk in. And Because normally they would have to check your bags. You're bringing in anything like, you know, on a weekend and stuff. And he would just yeah. be like, that's how we, uh, that's hockey how we, stuff. that's, and we all became hockey fans because of that. Yeah. I, I don't love blame it. You. Yeah. Yeah. You got to figure out, you know, things like take advantage of your hockey player friend. Mm-hmm. Cause things aren't hard enough for him getting up right, at like right. four in the morning. Right. <laughs> Dave, we want to talk about a movie. Uh, is this the most, when someone says hockey movie, Dave is Slapshot the movie that comes to mind first. It is, is it the, preeminent hockey movie i think for i mean i think so uh, you know especially you know being a man of a certain age and mm-hmm. i don't really i sort of like feel like by the time there was some there would be some that would say like the mighty ducks movies mm-hmm. um but i think they are literally and figuratively kids movies yeah, um, yeah. and there's like a boob and slap shot which puts it over the top for me as a yeah. movie for grown-ups. It's it's a prolonged scene of like just two people boring chatting, but just a very nice prolonged topless yeah. shot. And I think that was probably part of the draw when I was a kid too. With, and it with, is it is also a boob shot of the mom from a Christmas story. No, is it really? 
I think that's accurate. Yeah. I think it's Melinda Dillon. Is that right? I think that's right. Yeah. Wow. I, I believe so. Check on this. I could be. I could be wrong. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, that movie has like, I mean, for me, like a lot of this sort of romance of, I guess, in the broader sense of the word of hockey is is encapsulated in that movie. Like this sort of outsider. Yep. Ness of it. Um, the insanity of it. It makes looking like getting to the game, everything up until the game is a real chore. It really makes it look hard. Yeah, to do. it's crazy. And it's like you even like, you know, I think it it portrays a lot of that, you know, that those that's what those leagues were really like. Um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe not that cartoony, but it was insane kind of stuff and like just the the drinking and stuff i mean that's still to this day like you just hear about you know just like there's nothing to do but drink beer on those buses like <laughs> on those lower level you know minor league teams driving mm -hmm. from town to town you're not flying on a private jet to all your games and yeah. i think that's something interesting too that hockey is fairly unique i guess you have you know you have minor league baseball but not a lot of sports have that build-in system of those those my those minor leagues yeah yeah well you know football basketball you're most from you're just coming out of college college yeah well the uh the, the the cool thing was the person who wrote this movie was a woman first of all nancy yeah. dowd mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's based on her brother who was a minor league hockey player in the 70s in pennsylvania and this movie was filmed in johnstown pennsylvania usa johnstown is probably still not the most you know let's say economically thriving area that yeah. they they had a great yeah. flood mm -hmm. there you know they embraced and that was great for them but um yeah so i think she just got all these stories and i was reading like some interesting facts like while she and he was doing this while she was writing this so she asked her brother jim dowd i think his name was take a tape recorder and tape record some of the conversations the guys are having in the locker room and i want to use it and he told them they were like oh fuck yeah hell yeah um but and this movie's also known for like at the time the most curse words and f-bombs in like an amount of time for that movie like it was over the top which was another draw to some people who like a young person like me who enjoyed a good f-bomb on an hbo movie on a saturday night sure yeah no that that movie had it all it was funny it was weird uh there's boobs as discussed mm -hmm. um paul newman there you know you have a big star who somehow agreed to do this movie how old do you think he was in this movie, Dave? I think I looked it up at one point, but was he, would he have been like 43 or something? Older. This movie came out in 1977. He was born in 25. Okay, I'm not a doctor, but he would have been <laughs> 52 years old. 52 years old. Um, right around my age. And uh, he looks good. This gives me hope. Well, this yeah. isn't happening anymore, but um, a number, it had to have been at least 10 years ago, I think. There was word that Rob Zombie was going to make a movie about the Flyers, the Broad yes. Street Bullies right. yeah. era. Yeah. 
and I saw this announced that he was, you know, going to do this, and I I emailed my all my my vast team of representatives handlers and uh, my handlers, and I was like, please, <laughs> I <laughs> am made to be in this movie, and then. I think he ended up abandoning the idea because everyone so, saw his monsters movie and they're like, no, let's not give this guy a movie again. Yeah. I don't know, but I figured, no. Oh, that would have, that would have been like, who, who would you, would you know one of the broad street bullies you want to play? Or would you be just like a second string guy? Or would you go for one of the, you know, one of the roles, one of the, the main I, guys, I, Bernie Perrant, maybe. I would take whatever, you know, <laughs> Equipment Maybe manager, Dave, Dave the Hammer Schultz. Oh, I was just gonna I say, I, I know Dave a little bit. He does a little bit of stand up comedy, or at least he used to. I haven't seen him in a while, but he, uh, pre pandemic, he would do, you know, for, for, you know, sports banquets and that type of thing, he would come and do some stand up. And actually, his son for a while was doing a little bit of stand up, and I'm not sure if he still is or if he's still in Philadelphia, but yeah, I met met Dave the hammer a couple of times and was just a, just a sweetheart of a guy. Did he have just That's big amazing. giant hand? Like I just picture every you just, just crushing you. And... Yes, exactly. Yeah. But he, yeah, it was, it was great. Does he still live in Philly? You don't know. I, it's been, it's been a couple of years since I've seen him, but probably. Uh, Dave, I, Dave, I can almost guarantee like they all live in like Voorhees or yeah. like South Jersey or South in Philly, like, I, because yeah. they, we're such celebrities here. Like some go back, obviously go back to Canada. I believe like Lindros went back and Leclerc, but the ones who like, they're such celebrities to this day. Like Bernie Perrant still is probably hasn't paid for a meal ever no. since then. And he lives in mm -hmm. the area and he's yeah. literally every time he shows up, it's like Norm from cheers, mm -hmm. you know, however, what was that? A hundred years ago. Right. As well. It should be. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Clark, I think he still works for the Flyers. Yeah, he's got to live he around there. Yeah. I mean, he's the king. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of this movie, well, I, well, I have to give the rundown. We always give a rundown, Dave. Basically, this movie, 1977, you know, sports comedy, directed by George Roy Hill, director behind Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and The Sting. So I think we know now, Dave, why he got Paul Newman. Oh, yes. So he's probably like, Paul, listen, this isn't a big budget movie. I get to direct it. Throw me a bone. I, I made your career with two of the most popular movies. He probably said, sure. Then Paul probably said, okay, just as long as there's no other stars in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they, that, they honored that. Because I was looking for at least, like Mike, I like Michael Antikin, great guy. Like you see him and stuff, you're like, that guy's awesome. Yep. Like, but not in a lot of stuff, right? I have um, to remind myself. Um, uh, pulling him up. Yeah, he he actually, and the thing was, he was a legit oh, yeah. semi-pro. Like, he was a star hockey player at UNH. Almost went, like, oh, yeah. semi-pro pro. So, like, when you see him out in the ice, you're like, yeah, that guy's legit. Um, everybody else, like, you know, except for um, Peter Billingsley, mom. Mom, was that who you said it was, yes, Jim? I think it's Melinda Dillon, yeah. Um, not... Not a not the not biggest star stars. Well, it, there's there's one uh, character actor, uh, Brad Sullivan, who I think died fairly recently. He was has was in a lot of movies, and uh, 
most notably for my like for example he was in sister act two back in the habit yes good one um but i saw him eating chinese food oh he died in 2008 so a little while ago um so i saw him eating chinese food in a restaurant once and um that was my brush with him yeah that's on his IMDb, actually, Dave. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Dave Hill was song at a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest, I mean, biggest celebrities, honestly, if anybody's watching this besides Paul Newman and uh, Melinda Dillon's boobs, would be just for a second, Paul Dooley shows up. Yeah. As the announcer, the dad from 16 Candles. Like, he just, he's in it for two split seconds where he's just an announcer at one of the games. Yeah. And it's like, there's the dad from 16 Candles. And, they had a lot of parents from other movies. Wow. Come yeah, in and Melinda right, Dillon. yeah. And I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll watch any movie with with Struther Martin in it. I mean, <laughs> any Struther Martin movie, I, I'm in. The one guy who oh, played yeah. Killer, uh, Killer, you know, played Killer, Killer. Yeah, he he was in a bunch of stuff back in the days. So like if you turned on a TV movie, like Horny Teens, like stuff, that guy was in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I know he was in episodes of happy days. Like he was just one of those guys had that big friendly face who played like, you know, the goofy friend. Yes. So I think that's the only other guy I really recognized. I think that was him or it was, it was one of the guys on the team. And I was like, I know this guy. I know him from somewhere. I have to pause this movie and look him up on IMDb. I know I've seen him and I know it was something great. It was a it was a really good movie. I'm sure he was in. And I looked it up, and the only thing I ever saw him in was <laughs> A Very Brady Christmas. That's and, right. Uh, he was Marsha's husband, right? Yeah, or or Jan's Brady husband. Christmas. Yes, yeah. he was. He died at the end. Did he? Jan killed him. You know, yes, that's right. Uh, I'm Googling Melinda Dill- Dillon. She died this year. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, just very recently. Yeah, January. We lost her. Mm-hmm. 83. Jesus. Yeah. Skydiving? Skydiving, yeah. Jesus. Just taking risks. What a way that's to go. A, that's just a dumb thing to do at that age. Yeah, yeah. It honestly is. Guys, the movie made $6 million. No, it budgeted at 1977. It was budgeted at $6 million. Box office came out $28 million. It was considered a hit. Now, oh, Dave, wow. most of the movies we talk about on this show, they're mostly like, you know, comedies from the 80s, uh, 80s early 90s. It's usually the other way, 100%. It's like, became a cult hit, made no money when it came out, barely broke even. This one was considered a hit at the time because Old Blue Eyes himself, right? Paul sure. Newman. Was he Old Blue Eyes or was, who was Old Blue Eyes? That's that Sinatra? Frank, Frank Sinatra. But, but I, I would dare, Dave, you probably know this. Who is the most, most beautiful Blue Eyes, Sinatra or Paul Newman? I mean, I got to go... Uh, Paul Newman on that. I mean, I yeah. feel like Paul Newman. Uh, but also, you know, if I can bring, you know, further connection to the stars of this movie, my mom once uh, went out with Paul Newman, like in a group setting. They were really? both from Shaker, Shaker Heights, Ohio. And uh, she cool. did say that there was a night when they were all sitting out for beers or whatever they were doing. So, it's weird, my connection, my family's connection to the stars of this movie. I wow. saw, you know, Chinese food, guy, Chinese food, Chinese my food guy sitting at a table next to Paul Newman. Um, yeah. 
but I, and I also what little I know of Paul Newman and Frank Sinatra, it seems like maybe Paul Newman was a better guy. I, yeah, I'm guessing Paul Newman, Paul Newman, reading a lot about him. Good dude. Frank yeah, Sinatra, yeah, seems... probably not. Hey, hey, anyone from Jersey, any of my, just, I, I didn't mean that. I'm sure. You don't want any trouble, but I you know. Trouble. Um, want to hear something weird about Paul Newman for a guy who has the most beautiful blue eyes in the world, like stunningly blue picture. Like just picture him putting on like a, a shirt like this, the way that this would bring out his blue eyes. It would be almost like, Oh, forget it. Forget yeah. it. He was colorblind. He couldn't even see his own beautiful blue eyes. Really? Well, he really? must isn't colorblind. You just can't. Yeah, I don't know. Dave, I'm not a, like, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. I just figure if someone's a colorblind, I just think everything's in black and white. That's like this the cartoon. It's like everything's Dennis the Menace. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, uh, you know, speaking of, if I can, uh, ho connections to hockey movies, the yeah. Rob Lowe from the hit movie Young Bloods. Mm -hmm. I met him once. Beautiful. Talk about uh, blue eyes you could just get lost in. That guy. Yeah. Wow. I what mean, is it with I, hockey movies and blue eyes? blue eyes? I don't know, but. It, I met him and I was like, oh, this is why some people are stars. Yeah. They're ridiculously attractive. And he's still, people. you see him, he's still just a great look. Like, like just picture that life where all he had to do was just be his beautiful self and everything. Yeah. All right. Everything will fall not, place. not too dissimilar to the three people who are on this podcast. Just yeah. Waltzing, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Through life. Like you could, you could have been <laughs> talking about any of us. Um, Chip, this is especially for you. I'm throwing in fun facts right now, Dave. Yeah. The role of Quincy in the well-known film Jaws was offered to Paul Newman. Oh, Quint. Oh, Quint. Quint. Oh, did I say Quint. Quincy? Quint. Quincy. What Quincy? Wasn't That's there a wasn't there a guy who, who sliced open bodies like in, named Quincy? And uh, no, Quint. Yeah, was yes. offered to Newman. Really? And he de declined the part. That's Robert Shaw. Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, that's so we, that's a, I think we talk about no yeah, matter Newman what movie we discuss, we always talk about Jaws. A different vibe to that movie. Yeah, but I could picture him being again though he's too good looking, would be too distracting. Yes, it would be right. And you know who? There's one other actor wanted this role so bad he campaigned for it, much like Dave campaigning for a role in the Broad Street Bullies movie. You're never gonna guess uh, a, a small but powerful Italian actor at the time wanted this lead role very bad. Danny DeVito. No, not that, not that small. Oh. A little, little taller. Okay. Joe Pesci. A little taller. Robert De Niro. Uh, maybe a, very on, on par with Robert De Niro. Maybe Pacino? a little. Pacino? Pacino. Can really? You, I can't pay, but yeah. Really? Al Pacino wanted wow. the role more. Like he campaigned for it and he was just, he said, you know, and the only thing the director said was you have to know how to skate. Mm -hmm. And he never really answered the question whether he knew Al Pacino is probably one of the guys who went like all math and be like, I'll learn. Sure. But Dave, yeah. being a, being an ex, you can't just learn how to hockey skate when you're yeah. that age. That's the I hard, think, you know, how hard I it is think convincingly. No. no, yeah. like you could tell, like, you know, a lot of like, like I hate when they say like, Oh, and Bradley Cooper learned to play guitar for that movie with, princess gaga or lady gaga mm -hmm. and he it now is he's princess gaga yeah is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> dave you're into music but is it princess or lady could you yes i believe either is acceptable 
But when you hear like, oh, he just learned how to play, or the guy just learned how to play drums in that movie where the guy yelled at the drummer the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, you just it's don't, not, it's not you just plausible. don't. No, yeah. it's not possible, right? The, re- the reason the hockey scenes are great, as I said before, like they stack both teams like in the, in the movie with like real legitimate players. Like they had, they had like players from like her brother, the writer's brother's team play, fill out all that. So that was, uh, that was pretty impressive. Um, what do you think of Paul's comedic chops in the movie? Honest, honest. I think that they were good. I mean, I, yeah. I thought... I thought, you know, there wasn't, he wasn't slowing down the laughs for me. I mean, he's kind of the straight man of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's a schemer. You know, he's always got it under control. There's always something, something going on. And yeah, he plays it well. Overall, Chip, would you recommend this movie to a person who knew nothing about hockey to, to basically say, hey, you don't know about hockey? Maybe watch Slapshot first and. I, I would, and I think it's, I don't know if it was the pandemic that did this to me, but setting is so much more important to me in a movie anymore, I feel like, rather than even just dialogue, plot, or anything, just the feel of it, and just like, it because it takes you to a place. During the pandemic, you know, you're sitting at home, and it's like, this put me in a in a place. You're on that bus, you're in those arenas, you could feel the cold, and uh, I would tell people, you, it just puts you in a really, really interesting place. Dave, question for you. Sure. When when his giant medallion made its appearance in the movie, out of nowhere, he's just in a diner wearing just a giant medallion around his neck. Yeah, stylish guy like yourself. Were you were you like, yeah. or were you like? I liked it. I mean, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was strong. I thought the, all the looks he had, <laughs> you know, the plaid, sort of the leisure suits and all that, were very, very strong. I think he just has a, like a. To my memory, he has like a nice denim leisure suit at one point. He had a complete, uh, like, caramel colored leather suit. Yeah, with like a fur. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, then he yeah had there was fur, also fur. There was also fur. fur yeah. yeah, early on in the movie, he's walking by the steel mill, and that always cracked me up because it's the juxtaposition of all these hard scrabble steel workers, and he's just walks walks walk, waltzing by, saying, "Hey, they're never going to close the mill," and he's wearing a leather fur coat. yeah and his buddy's like yeah they're closing it okay buddy maybe maybe pick up a paper once in a while yeah it's, it's impressive but was that something like back then just like just throwing on a medallion and being like i mean i think so like if you look at a lot like look at gretzky like in his early you know when he just was like a super young guy playing pro he dressed insane (laughs) did he really yeah like i mean in an awesome way but it was just like just uh feathered hair and just like these kind of outfits it was pretty amazing like like ron duguay level no i mean ron duguay that's like i mean i saw ron duguay in fairly recent when he was still doing rangers uh commentary and uh I was really impressed by his, uh, he's really swinging for the fences. Yeah. I mean, he's sort of, uh, lot, I'm, I don't know why I'm now I'm blanking on, uh, who's the awful former governor of Alaska? Uh, Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. <laughs> Sarah Palin. I think he was porking Sarah Palin. Yeah. 
uh, in recent history. So oh, I think that actually, I think amazing. that was the title of his autobiography. Pork yeah, and Palin. I believe it was. Yeah, Pork and Palin. But they were spotted around. around really? Manhattan a few times. So he's he's held up pretty well, Ron Duguay. Great looking guy. I mean, yeah, for a guy, you know, I think he's in his sixties, and he's you know. Um, I was I was uh, riding a bike down on a little road in Nantucket many years ago, and uh, this person came barreling towards me, and just this hulking guy, and he was just like on a mountain bike out for a, a, a workout. Uh, Mark Messier. Oh wow! Talk I, about just I'm... an intimidating, like a, a, a head of granite. Right. Just, oh yeah. Like th- th- I don't think like I don't know much about it. I mean, obviously half of more than half of professional hockey players are intimidating and would scare me a, a normal mortal but like he was like you were in the presence of like a large celebrity oh yeah totally and he uh i if i you know can again draw connections mm-hmm. i met him when i was a little kid i my dad took me and my brother to see the penguins play the oilers in pittsburgh we went to see gretzky and i met mark messier like i got his autograph and i had i don't know what happened i had this program with messier gretzky paul coffee and yari curry from the oilers and then fast forward to like the rangers win the stanley cup in 94 and then short, sometime after that, the first band that I was in was signed to uh, this label, Priority Records, and they had a party in New York. Like this would have been like '95, and you know, me and my me especially, but my band, you know, we were these young drunk kids uh, at this party. We should, probably shouldn't have been allowed to come to. And he walks in with some supermodel. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're connected. We're reconnected. <laughs> yeah. We're back to the band's back together. Yeah. And I got his autograph again. I got his autograph again. And I told him, like, I I'm, got your autograph when I was, you know, whatever, 11 or something, 10, 11. Dave, what was the name of your band back then? That, that particular band? It's a very great, horrible name Sons of Elvis. We made one album. Okay. We had a couple of songs on the radio with yeah. video on MTV at three in the morning and then it all imploded as I think Dave, when I met you back in the day, your band was Uptown Sinclair. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we go back. Yeah. And uh yeah. That would have been like the band I had, you know, for a year or so before I came to New York. Dave, I gotta ask you, you know, we're talking about hockey, we're talking about Cleveland the connection there tenuous connection but you were probably the the reason hockey is now going to be on the map in cleveland right i mean it the sport has grown but yes okay yes i mean there is the cleveland monsters who play uh minor league there and uh certainly you know my high school team st ignatius they're state champs all the time now they're amazing yeah and but yeah i think my book is going to kind of just push things over the edge yeah i think but cleveland does have another thing going for it chip cleveland also the home to the rock and roll hall of fame correct rock and roll hall of fame absolutely 
What's your take mm-hmm. on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Dave? I always meant to ask you this, being a Cleveland guy, being a rock and roll guy. Ladies and gentlemen, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, Chip, Chip has to go poop, obviously. Um, sure. Dave, as well as an author and comedian, is a shredder. Straight up, just on fire, shredder. Many different genres. I'd say your normal, your your probably your genre of note would be metal. Even well, though, even though the even though the music you put out is is just straight up awesome power pop, it yeah, seems Valley like Lodge. you at Valley Lodge. It seems like when you want to shred, it's metally shredding. Well, I mean, metal lends itself to shredding, yeah. but I think shredding is also funny. So as a comedian. Oh, okay. I sort of gravitated okay. towards that just because I think it's like if you listen to Valley Lodge record, there's not there's some I think solid guitar playing, but not it's pretty melodic guitar playing. It's not like a lot of shredding, right? And um, but you know if anyone follows my Instagram, I tend to traffic more in shredding <laughs> on that. Uh, but it's pretty you know ragged. I'm not I'm not a you know. But is it so fun as a guitar player? Is it just so fun to do? Yeah, like, to just me, that... like that sort of stuff, like is kind of like skateboarding or something. You know, yeah. it's like an extreme sport, but you're just kind of doing this stuff because it's yeah, it's fun. Like I'll just be at home and I'll be like, I just need to go rip some solos for a few minutes. And, and that's therapeutic, gonna... right? Yeah, you just come in, you know come in here in my office here grab an axe off the wall i got way too many of them Mm -hmm. and uh i just start ripping solos and then i'm like okay it would be like the way one might go outside and you know try to hit a few free throws or whatever i just go like throw a throw a frisbee like 400 feet right chip yes exactly. exactly yeah right yeah, I just go in here. I come in here, rip some solos, then I get back to whatever I was doing. So the question at hand is, what do you think? What is? What do you think of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, I think the thing that people don't, I do, I do like the Rock Hall. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing and many and always doing cool stuff. Um, but I, but I think what people forget is like if they just put everything in. Like every year, people are like, why isn't whoever, Thin Lizzy or whoever, you know, some great band, I don't think Thin Lizzy's in yet, I could be wrong, but they'll be like, why aren't they in yet? And it's because if they just put every great band in, they, they're, yeah. business, they're, they're done. They have, to, yeah. they have to keep this going for, and, you know. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and it keeps people talking. It keeps like angry fans of like. Yeah, it keeps Eddie Trunk, gives Eddie Trunk something to get mad about every year. He's like, I don't understand. How can Warren and Dokken, two of the greatest bands from my era, yeah. not even. Oh, and Cinderella, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, his, his devotion to that. His, I'd say Eddie Trunk's the majority of music he likes that is bad i'd say 80 percent, maybe 90 percent. well yeah i mean i i think he, he casts a wide net and oh boy there's no one i mean i think he did something where it's like uh no one's talking about the new docking record i'll do it <laughs> and then he and then it's like well he's the king of that you know so 
I may not be on board with his taste, really, uh, but I do give him credit for just being like, I guess I'll uh, yeah. let you know when Black Label Society's coming <laughs> to town. Have you been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I, ne- I actually never have been. Wow. I, I need to get there sometime. Why? I, and, and, nor have I been inducted either. What? Someday. But then to my point, yeah. someday. Yeah, there's still the Chip Chantry question. There's, yeah. there's still. So, Dave, your book will, by the time this comes out, your book will be out in America. And yes. hoping it's going to change a few minds, change a few hearts, right? I hope When it comes so. to and, hockey. And I, but I, I also believe in my, I believe it's an enjoyable read whether even if you walk away from it not liking hockey anymore well, more than okay you so, did. so yeah and here's a I, you did the elevator pitch for hockey in general yeah if you're a day if you're a dave hill fan you're gonna love this book if you're a hockey fan you're gonna love this book what if somebody who, who isn't they they don't know dave hill as much and they don't know hockey as much what what will they get out of it? because the way that you had described it to me there's so many just amazing stories in, involved in it that are sort of tangential to hockey but uh, why, why should just Joe Everyman re- read your book? I think, you know, classic literature, you know, like you don't have to be into fishing in Spain to enjoy the old man in the sea. Mm. If, if that's where that takes place, I think, right? It's, sure. it's John Grisham's best sure. book. Yeah. Yeah. Grisham. Grish, don't even get me started. The Grish. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it's an enjoyable read for people that don't know me or like hockey. Um, you know, I think it, there's all sorts of stuff in there. There's, I, I don't want to give too much away and I, I don't want to say anything, but it, you had told me a story about being in Kenya and about, a, a there's a primate involved. I, I don't want to say too much, but I mean, it was, uh, that's in, yeah, that's in the book, right? It's yeah, that was, that yeah, was there's a, ba- a baboon. I witnessed a baboon steal a loaf of bread from a bunch of school children. I mean, that's <laughs> the, these are the sort of nuggets that are in the book that you know i feel like anyone who enjoys uh reading will you you're gonna enjoy the baboon come mm-hmm. for the hockey stay for the stay baboon for the baboon incident and we'll see if if dave stepped in and saved the the bread for the kids maybe what, yeah. you will find out right yeah it's all in the book and you so, know there's uh, there's polish intrigue i got in trouble with the police in poland wow oh, wow Okay. There's a lot in this book besides hockey's really the jumping off. It's the amuse bouche. Oh, nice. Of uh the book of hockey. And then next thing you're like, oh my gosh. Uh now he's having nachos in Finland. Yeah. With a with a nice glass of wine. Yeah. Exactly. Right after period two. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, we wish you nothing but the best. I loved your first two books. I'm sure I will love this one. Um, not very... to, I'm not correcting you, but there were three before. Three? No, I know. Just, I know. I hated this. I, I know. Really I only. I only loved your he first really two books. No, I, I, I know that's what you meant. One. I'm just. I'm yeah. just. You know, for the listener who's like, well, <laughs> I want to. I'm a completist. I want to get all of the books. You can. There's well, one. I have to. I have to get 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 my other Dave Hale book there. I yeah. think I, I missed out. You know what might have been? You're not alone. You're not alone. Oh. <laughs> It might have been during when you were banned from Twitter for, I don't know, eight years where I didn't get all the updates. Yeah, um, I don't think, I think for the third book, <laughs> I was banned from Twitter and couldn't tell. How did, uh, yeah, I, I know we have to go, but how did you, like, you know, you, you snuck back in, but was that, 
not devastating, but it did it hurt a lot of your promotional? Did it hurt a lot of your like what you needed to do to get your stuff out there, or were you fine and just found other ways? Because I know we, you know, there's Dave Hill all over Instagram, and yeah, I think I, I, I was, I was like, oh my gosh, how will I survive? Yeah. Uh, you know, getting my work message to the people, but I don't know. It didn't seem to, you know. I did shows and people came to them still, you know, I'd go on the road and people would come out. So I didn't notice like, uh, yeah, it, it seemed to all my life kept going. In and fact, it, yeah. I'd say one of the best things that's happened to me in recent years was getting banned from Twitter. There you go. Is that right? It's like, yeah, it was amazing. It gave me two extra hours in every day instantly. Yep. I didn't wake up in a, in, look at my phone and start the day in a bad mood. Um, and just those two things alone, I would say was amazing. That's yeah. awesome. That's good to know. And that speaks a lot to the, uh, the, the non-power of Twitter. Like, yeah, life goes on and you can two guys, you know, Chip and Dave who are out there doing stuff, putting out comedy and entertainment. Yeah. You can do what you need to do without certain things. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think at this point, Twitter is pretty, you know, I think it's, you know. It's on its last legs. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Elon Musk is doing great things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> such a, such, he's, I think he's the a, thing he, is, he's he, just yes. cool. He's just he, so he cool. He seems like I, a that, great. He seems talk, like a good about, hang. He's a good hang. I think. He's it's chill. Amazingly, uh, that talk, like, not that everyone has to be uh, really threading the needle for laughs, <laughs> but oh my gosh. For a guy who tries to be funny, he has not succeeded remotely. Not never once, and that's never once hit, and that's what propelled him to be to before dismantle. him. I've, I've literally never seen sweat on a tweet before. <laughs> it, it, it just, you can literally see the droplets. It's just oh my gosh. Well, Dave, thank you so much, buddy. Thank it was you, good Dave. catching thank up you, with guys. you. We will uh, obviously put all the links and all the good stuff to uh, your book. And congratulations. Have a nice night out with your uh, your paramour tomorrow night. Enjoy. Thank you. Enjoy some French food. And we will enjoy the awesome game, One Man's Incredible Globe Crushing Hockey Odyssey. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. We'll Thank you. you. Thanks so much. Take care.